that song has one of my favorite choruses of any modern Christian song. My heart will sing no other name but Jesus. I, I, don't, that's, I often find churches aspirational, but not always reality. What do I mean by that? My heart will sing no other name but Jesus. And yes, in this moment, that's exactly how I feel. But what about tomorrow? What about when work comes and worry comes and doubts come? What does our heart sing then? See, I think one of the problems we run into a church sometimes is like, we struggle with the emotions and the joy and the peace and the stuff we feel on a Sunday. And then we get to Monday and we're like, I don't feel that. And that's what we've got to remember. That's what we've got to remember. So even if you don't feel it, you know what? God's still there. And God's still good. And he still loves you. So I just love that. It's my favorite chorus is my heart will sing no other name but Jesus. Even when, I, even when my heart sings other names, my aspiration is to have it always sing Jesus. Anyway, that's kind of new to the sermon. I just like that song. <laughs> Holly's the cook in our family. Um, I, I, I enjoy, I'm, I, I'll show a picture on the screen of one of the greatest gifts God's ever given us, uh, it really in all of, all of the world. I hope, I hope I plugged it in there right this morning. It's, it's, it's a very, very beautiful picture if it, if it comes up. If it doesn't, I'll just tell you what it is. It's the greatest gift any grill master can ever have. Tony Sasheries. <laughs> Tony Sasheries can make anything good. You know how I know that? I put it on all of my food that I cook. I, like, I've learned how to grill through the years. The, the more stuff you put on the thing you're grilling, the better it is, right? You get your Tony Sasheries on there. You get your Worcestershire sauce on there. You get your lemon pepper on there. You get a little bit more pepper on there and a little bit more pepper on there and a little bit more pepper on there. I got a lot of kinfolk from Louisiana, so I like things that have to kick you in the face when you eat it. Um, I've always got to put, like, my food. When I'm grilling, like, we'll have, like, the normal people's food and then my food. So, you know, you know like, the, the, the Holly and the kids get the food that won't scald your mouth and mine's in the back. And then sometimes I forget to mark it and they get a bite of my hamburger and nobody's happy at that point. So, But I love, I love to grill because it's kind of hard to mess it up. <laughs> I think that's why men like to grill because it really, it's meat and fire. I mean, it's not complicated. I, that's why I like it. So, but I, but I, when I like when I grill and I'm playing, I'm always adding more stuff to it and add more stuff to it and add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of Tony's, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit. I love lemon pepper. Putting, I, I'm always just adding more and more and more to it, thinking the more I add to it, the better it's going to be. I mean, the more I, I, I've got, I've got a problem. I like mug shots, and um. And I go there, I, I need my own little mugshots card. And my favorite mugshots burger is the one with the peanut butter and the jelly and the bacon. It's awesome. Y'all, I'm telling you, you go to, go to mugshots, get you the peanut butter and jelly and bacon burger, and it's phenomenal. Because the, the, all the things mixed together, you're like, this is great. But there comes a point where you're like, no, okay, I don't want to put the egg on it this time. No, I, I don't really want guacamole with the peanut butter. I don't. You know, it's like there comes a point where you've almost put too much on something. You know, when you've almost, when you've almost got too many things on there. And I think that's how I get sometimes when I grill too much stuff on it sometimes. Um, 
Because what happens is the more you put on there sometimes, the more you actually miss the flavor. That's why I like my coffee black. I like the actual taste of coffee. I mean, the more, sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes one more thing is good. Sometimes one more thing is hurtful. Faith is interesting, y'all. Faith is an interesting concept and an interesting topic. And things get mixed up in our faith sometimes. What does it take to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a believer? What, what does it mean to be a Christian? And I think sometimes we look at our faith like I look at grilling. One more thing. One more thing. If I do this one thing more, then I'm a Christian. So to be a Christian means I've got to be in church every Sunday. That might make the preacher happy, but, you know, God, you know. Well, to be a Christian, then I've got to, I've got to tithe. Or to be a Christian, I've got to be in Sunday school. Or I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And what happens, when you start making your faith a one more thing thing, You never get there because there's one more thing you're not doing. Well, maybe you do this, but oh, forgot about that. Maybe you do this. Oh, what about that? Oh, well, they're doing that and they're doing that. And, and you start adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And before you realize it, you're eating guacamole with your hamburger. You're like, I don't even like guacamole. Why don't I put it on my hamburger? So what you got to do then is you got to do like you do when you were a kid. You get your butter knife, take your hamburger, hamburger bun, you scrape all the junk off of it. And you get back to just meat and bread. Sometimes I think we need to do that with our faith. Sometimes we think we need to take our faith and get our butter knife, scrape off all the one more things we've added, and get down to what does it actually mean to be a Christian. What does it actually mean to be a believer? What is faith actually about? We see that pretty clear and simple in the text we read today. It says this. It said, this is 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Let me give you an equation for faith. We're, we're learning about equations in school, and I'm not doing very well with equations. I wasn't very good when I was in school, and I hadn't gotten any better in the passing years. This is what you need for salvation. This is what you need for Christianity. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus Nothing. Because, see, here, here's the thing. If you don't remember much of what I ever tell you, you need to take this fact. You need to drill it down into your brain. You need to get you a little, little you know, get you some Q-tip and shove it into your brain. You need to hear this. This is important. This really is. If you've got to do one more thing to earn your salvation, if your salvation is contingent upon you doing one more thing, Thing. If there's one more thing you've got to add to what Jesus did, you know what that means? 
Jesus didn't do enough. If there's something you've got to do to make God love you, if there's something you've got to do to earn that love, if you've got to do one more thing than what Jesus did, then what you are saying, even if you haven't really thought about it, what you're saying is this. Jesus didn't do enough. Jesus wasn't quite the perfect sacrifice. Jesus wasn't quite enough. Jesus needed to do more, and I'm going to do it for him. So Jesus' death and resurrection wasn't enough. It's Jesus' death and resurrection plus church attendance. It's Jesus' death and resurrection plus serving. It's Jesus' death and resurrection plus right belief. No, no. You do not do anything to earn salvation. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. What's the, what's the little, what do you call, what do you call the, the X in a mathematic equation? The variable, the variable. The variable for salvation is nothing. It's accepting. It's believing. It is accepting the gift that God has offered you. You don't have to do one more thing. You don't have to earn it. You've just got to accept it. And here's the sea change, y'all. Here's the sea change. This is what happens. When you put the cart and horse in the right, right direction, what happens is this. When your life moves from obligation to thankfulness, you'll change the world. Because then you're not doing it because you have to. Then you're doing it because you get to. You don't have to come to church on Sunday. Literally, every Sunday I show up, I'm surprised folks come back. I just do you know, I just, oh, they're back. They came back. I can't believe it. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, you don't have to come, but you get to come. You don't have to give, but you get to give. You don't have to serve, but you get to serve. And why do you do it? Because Jesus looked at you. Jesus looked like everything you've ever done, he's aware of it. You can't hide anything from him. Everything you've ever done, every mistake you've ever made. Yeah, he's seen it. And at that moment, the Bible says this, while we were yet his enemies, Christ Jesus died for us. So the moment, the moment you did that thing that you pray no one ever finds out about. We've all got one of those. We've all got something in our life that we pray no one ever finds out about. The moment you did that was the exact moment that Jesus died for you. When you were at your most unlovable when Jesus loved you the most. You don't have to earn that, y'all. You just got to accept it. And then when you accept it, if you can, if we can ever, 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 ever truly make that leap from our faith being an obligation to our faith being a thankful response, we really will change the world. Because grace is the ultimate renewable resource. Grace never runs out. Grace never quits. 
Grace never gives up. Grace never fails. Faith, hope, and love, these three remain. But the greatest of these is love. Grace, God's love, God's grace extended to us, never changes, quits, or abandons us. You don't have to do one more thing, y'all. You don't have to do one more thing. If you spend your life, if the obligation of your life, if the purpose of your life, if your life is focused on making God love you, you will fail. If the purpose of your life is to make God love you, you will fail. You can't make God love you. You don't have to. He already does. God's love is a gift, not a wage. A wage is something you work for, something you earn, something you deserve for all the effort you put into it. A gift is undeserved. What have you ever done to earn your birthday cake? You were born. Congratulations. And you didn't do anything to earn your birthday. You just show up. And people give you stuff. It's awesome. That's salvation. What would you do to earn it? Nothing. You showed up. You believed. And God gave it. You don't have to do one more thing, y'all. You don't have to do one more thing. You don't have to live your life trying to come up with one more thing to make God love you. You just have to accept what he's done. And I don't, I, y'all, I'm not talking about getting saved. I mean, some of us here this morning need to accept him for the first time. Some of us this morning have never made that first-time decision to put our full faith and hope in Jesus Christ. And if that's you, today's the day you need to make that decision. But some of us have been Christian for a long time. And we're living out of legalism. We're living out of morality. We're living out of trying to be a good person. Because I'm a Christian now, and I've got to be a good person. No. You're just as broken as you were when you got saved. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay. You didn't make God love you before you became a Christian. You're not going to make him love you after you became a Christian. You just got to accept it. Sarah asked me one day, what is my favorite quote? And I was thinking about it. That was one of those questions that really threw me for a loop. I was trying to think, gosh, what's my favorite quote? I got a lot of quotes I like. I love quotes. My favorite quote is a quote by Brennan Manning in a book, The Ragamuffin Gospel. If you're looking for a book to read over Christmas, go read The Ragamuffin Gospel. It changed my life. Brennan Manning, Ragamuffin Gospel. He said this. The greatest, awareness, the greatest awareness I have of myself is that I, am, that I am completely and totally loved by God and I have done nothing to earn or deserve it. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. My greatest reality about who I am, my greatest belief about who I am is this. I'm loved by God. I'm his child. If I'm not your preacher... Old Miss can't stop a stupid two-point conversion. <laughs> the economy crumbles. If everything goes to pot, you know what? I'm a loved child of God. And nothing can change that. And nothing can stop that. And my job from here 
is to live my life in thankful obedience to his love. Not earning it, not making him love me, but living a life of a thankful response to his love. You are his. He loves you. You don't have to add Tony Sashries. You don't have to do one more thing. You just got to believe it. You just got to live out that grace. Today, for those of us here, for those of us in our lives, those of us in our families, may we live a life of thanksgiving because of the goodness of our God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your gift. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. Father, may we live a life, God, not of, of have to or obligation, Father, but may we live a life, God, out of, uh, of truly thankful hearts out of the goodness of your love. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.